Hi there, and welcome to another edition of the Big Green Podcast, brought to you by the National Association of Landscape Professionals. Uh, my name is Britt Wood, and I'm the CEO over here at NALP, and I have the distinct privilege of talking to what many consider my boss, uh, Andrew Zeeler, who is the CEO of Zeeler Lawn and Tree Care, but also the president of the National Association of Landscape Professionals. So welcome, Andrew. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic, Britt. I'm looking outside my window here as we work from home and staring at some beautiful green grass and landscaping that's just about to pop and feeling very lucky to be a part of our industry right now. Yeah, absolutely. So listen, Andrew, can I ask you a quick question? Can you just kind of review for our audience? Tell us a little bit about Zeeler Lawn and Tree Care, kind of, you know, uh, what you guys do, how many uh, people you have, et cetera. Sure, no problem. Uh, so Zeeler Lawn and Tree Care is in Centerville, Ohio. Um, we're just a suburb of Dayton, Ohio, and we, we service uh, properties between Dayton and the Cincinnati area right now. We currently have about 42 team members, and we provide fertilization and weed control for lawns as well as pest control for homes uh, in preventative measure, as well as mosquito and tick control. Okay. So you guys got a, a, a lot of different services that you provide, mainly to a residential base. Is that correct? Yeah, probably about 98% of our business is uh, residential versus commercial. Okay, great. So uh, here we are and finding ourselves in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and, and, you know, as, as we, you and I do talk frequently, uh, our lives have changed significantly over the past two weeks, but uh, specifically there at Zeeler Lawn and Tree Care, you know, what, what has, uh, what have you been doing over the past two weeks in terms of when this crisis broke to where you are now? Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been trying to see how much uh, data and minutes I can rack up on my Verizon bill here lately. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is, it has been this uh, constant kind of cycle here over the past three weeks of a lot of research, trying to understand what's going on and, and doing that through um, great relationships through NALP uh, with other members, our peer group and, and some other sources. But doing a lot of research and then trying to put together plans. And uh, we've been doing a lot of scenario planning lately, which uh, just it, it happens so quickly that by the time you, you make a plan, it's, it's time to almost uh, get back and change it. And then spending a, a lot of time communicating with our with our team members and our leadership team. Um, it is the flexibility that it, we've had to have in this time is, is like nothing that I've ever uh, been a part of. In, in my career so far. But really, if you look at those three things, research, communication, researching and communicating with others, and then creating plans and communicating those plans out clearly, that's just a, a cycle that we have uh, sped up and constantly been been doing over the past three weeks, faster and faster and faster at times and slower at others. Yeah. And Andrew, if I could create a connection between some of these other conversations I've been having with business leaders, I don't think it could be emphasized enough, the scenario planning uh, that you need to do. And then it needs to be realistic, too. Um, I think, it, you know, that's that's something I've been hearing loud and clear from from a lot of our successful members. So we would encourage the audience if you're if you're not already doing that, um, you know, please do some scenario planning and, um, and, and make it as realistic as you possibly can. So, so, you know, we, we've talked about the, those three 
primary components of what you've been focusing your time on. Um, can you share with me some things that you've you've learned over the past two weeks that you didn't really know before? Some things that have just kind of come your way that uh, that you really didn't have a handle on before this whole thing happened? Sure. Um, I have to start with it's it's all about our leadership team. Um, I knew we had some good people. I knew that we had people that were continuing to grow and become better leaders. Uh, we've been working on that for, for years and months. But when a crisis hits you, all of a sudden you really understand what you have in your in your leadership and your uh, other team members. And I've been, I've, I've, that's one of the key things that I've learned is how great of a team that we've put together and that how well they work together and communicate. So uh, I, I knew we had it, but didn't know to the level. And I'm just very happy that um, we are so fortunate to have the great leaders that we do. Um, I've learned the power of communication. I, I don't think we go to any conference or hear any uh webinar or anything like that where somebody doesn't mention communication but uh in this instance i've really seen how important even the little things are i think sometimes i think that we have to have this huge communication plan and it has to be perfect and all of these things have to be in place in order to be a good communicator and uh, i started putting out some little quick 30 second videos uh, a couple maybe three four line emails uh, to, to our team members and uh, the scene, our president was doing that as well. And the feedback that we were getting from our team members about how well they were being communicated to that they believed in what the leadership team was doing because they were so well informed with what was going on. I was blown away by that because of my, my previous thought of what I had to put together or as a team we had to put together for to have a good communication versus just how important our team members really took just these little bite-sized pieces uh, meant a tremendous amount to them. Yeah. And, and Andrew, so let me ask you a question, just to kind of a follow-up on that. Um, do you feel like you've been able to do those little bites of communication and not take more time out of your day? So is that kind of really kind of jived in with your day, so to speak, as you kind of move forward or has that been a, an additional strain on you? No. So it's actually something in our, our uh, quarterly planning cycle. We, we identified for this quarter that we wanted to really work on. So I was already putting something uh, together for it because we, we knew it was important. But all of a sudden, this crisis just uh, poured gasoline on that and mo made it move so much faster. And, and really, the small communications, I think, actually save us time in the future, because when we try to put together a big newsletter or really try to... Um, make sure there's a lot of great content in there. It, it, it just, it's too much. It's too much to digest and people really like these little bits. So it's easier on me. It's easier. And I think it's easier for our team to take in as well. Yeah. And that's great. So, you know, obviously you've talked a lot about your team and, and, and what a great job they've done and, and how you've been able to really kind of see that you have that, that solid building block in place of having a great team. You know, what do you think helped get you there with the team? You know, in terms of if you want to speak a little bit more about them, were there some things you did with them, you think, to help get them ready for this that you may not have even known prepared them for it? Or, you know, what 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 do you think made the team ready to to really step up in this particular occasion? Sure. So um, one, we we hung, we hire for uh, 
three things that uh, come from Patrick Lincioni, hungry, humble, and smart. And so we, we start with that and we really try to make sure that we're bringing on the right team members that will fit and gel within the organization and they align to our core values. So that's kind of like a, that's a, that could be its own podcast, but um, that's kind of just the, the quick beginning to it. But then off of that, what we do is, is we've over the past, probably three years, we've worked really hard at implementing a structure of meeting rhythms that take everything from our, how we plan. So a BHAG of out 15 years when we started it, how we break that down into three-year plans, how we break that down into one-year plans, and then quarterly plans. And I know that seems like maybe it's way out there for what we're dealing with a crisis right this minute. But within all of that, what it's doing is it's creating a structure and it's creating um, the ability for people to communicate. So now what we've been able to do, um, we, we also have made some changes in our um, in our just org chart, if you will. So uh, gosh, it was around March 1st, um, before, uh, before that I was the president and CEO of the company and involved in day-to-day operations quite heavily. I was, uh, had a couple direct reports, uh, the scene, which is, uh, now our president, she had some other reports and we were trying to figure out what the best scenario would be to make sure the, the organization could have the most accountability and work well. And so we made a big change there and we moved her into the president role where she operates day-to-day operations. And I look more, uh, we call her the integrator. And I look uh, at things as more of the visionary or CEO role. And by doing that, it couldn't have worked out better. We've improved communication. We've improved accountability. But really, when this crisis hit, all of a sudden, I was able to drop everything I was doing and do nothing but understand what was happening, what potentially could happen, and, and get ourselves into the right, uh, kind of digest all that information, and then give her the, the bite-sized pieces that she could use to really put, a, put together the plan to execute with the other leaders. And so um, that big change in our organizational structure that we just happened to do couldn't have worked out better for us. Yeah, I, I was about to say you had some very good timing there, but it also <laughs> sounds like uh, beyond just the fortunate timing that that was a very good decision to make and that for people listening to this, they may want to consider looking in terms of how the, the person at the top of the food chain uh, handles things. And sometimes it's good to have somebody who can focus on the bigger picture while somebody else can focus on the little picture. So I think kudos to you guys for making that change ahead of time, but really fortuitous timing uh, as this all occurred, huh? Yeah. Quick little plug for NALP event here, but um, we had been thinking about this for a little while, the scene and I, and then um, at leaders forum this year, we were sitting at a round table before uh, one of the sessions and I was asking, we were talking about what books people have been reading. And all of a sudden, uh, we, we've, we're big fans of the book Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. And I kept hearing about this book called Traction. And so I ordered it while I was in, in Cabo. So when I got back, it was here and started reading through that. And they really laid out, um, in it, the books are similar in their, in their structure, yet um, they really laid out this visionary integrator role and how it works together. So just um, a couple resources for people as well. Um, look at those two books and they can they can help you through uh, understanding some of these things.
Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great tip. And, uh, and and just one other thing, just for folks who aren't as familiar as Andrew and I are with a BHAG, which he referred to earlier as a big, hairy, audacious goal. So uh, just just in case you hadn't heard that by now, now you know what that is. Um, <laughs> so, Andrew, let, let's talk about uh, how this situation has kind of impacted your decision making. You know, um, and again, we're not all the way through this crisis, but but how do you think kind of living through at least the first two, two and a half weeks of this has impacted how you'll make decisions in the future? Sure. Uh, I think this this crisis showed that we were pretty good at making quick decisions and, and dealing with issues. And uh, we, we believe that being pretty good just doesn't cut it. Yeah. So when. Um, as this was unfolding, the amount of emotion that was happening um, in this was tremendous. Uh, we, we felt the weight of not only what was going to happen to the company, how that was going to affect Decine and I as owners of the company, but also there was a heavy, heavy weight that every decision would somehow impact our team members um, in some way. And it was not looking real good on, on how how it would affect them especially and so that's there was a lot of weight there and a lot of emotion around that and i think um some of the things that we you ask how we will or how we make decisions in the future how it's changed because of the crisis i would say we we as as we're about halfway through this and we had to make a big decision on on uh tuesday this week but we've learned that to know be conscious that 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 emotion is going to happen and it's going it, to sometimes it's very good and sometimes it can cloud your judgment. And so know when to step away for a moment. The decision does not have to be done right now. Most decisions, there's nobody with a gun to your head telling you you have to make them at 501. It's it means that sometimes you think you've got what it is. Step away, take a walk, come up with something to cool down for a moment, then come back and look at it and look at it from multiple perspectives. And um, I think that's probably the biggest thing that, that I've learned over the past week here or so is be conscious about taking that moment to step back, get away from the decision and then relook at it again before you make it. Yeah, I think that's excellent advice. I really do. Um, so thank you for that. So uh, let's talk real quick about your clients. Um, you know, obviously, this is, a, as you as you stated earlier, and as we all know, this is kind of a tumultuous time. Um, and you've got, uh, you know, a lot of residential clients. And so uh, what's the relationship been? Has that changed? What have you been doing with your clients? Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. The, uh, the residential clients, uh, it's very interesting. We, we have uh, most of our calls that are coming into the office are where are you? Can you get out here quick? <laughs> you know, uh, not because there's a major problem, because they are there enjoying their property. Um, they're home now and, and they know that, you know, the treatments are coming and, and making things look beautiful and they, they have that time. And so I would say that the, the overwhelming majority are just excited to have our service right now, even though that we have a stay at home order here, luckily we've been classified as essential. So we're able to, to go out there and take care of them. But, um, I would say that their, their, uh, their spirits are high when it comes to our service. Um, I, I thought I thinking about this a little bit, um, we, we believe that our vendors are part of our customer group, too. 
and they're they're not just vendors. And I was uh, having a conversation with Paul Fran the other day, and uh, he, he brought this little quote. So I'm going to steal it from him, but give him credit for it. And he said, uh, we were talking about vendors and how well they're taking care of you in this crisis and if they're reaching out to you. And he said, yeah, I'm starting to uh, just decide, are my vendors crisis worthy? What are they doing? To, and are they, are they, you know, are they doing the things to be crisis worthy? And and I, I think we're very lucky here because we've had some great experiences lately with uh, our leasing vendors, uh, with a few of our uh, loan holders for property and different things being really helpful in um, helping us build strategies for cash flow as we don't know what's really going to happen in the next 30 days or even it gets even more unclear when we look at 60 or 90 days out. So starting the process with them, we found some uh, that we have, just like I was talking about that leadership team, we have some fantastic vendors that are uh, helping us uh, be partners. It's really nice. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's such an important point. And um, I really appreciate you bringing it up because, you know, you, you do have to think about this as, uh, as a bigger game than just ourselves. And, and how do we support everybody who's a part of this industry and part of this business um, and, and making sure that you've got the right vendors in place and that uh, you're supporting them as well and communicating with them, I think is really important. So, um, well, well, listen, Andrew, you've been very generous with your time. So I've only got one more question for you. Um, and, and that is, uh, you know, what advice would you give your fellow NALP members you know, moving forward in this crisis, you know, what, what, what's your advice for the future? Yeah, I would, uh, I kind of got three, three items I'm thinking about. And, and the first one being over communicate with your team members. You, you can't do that enough. And that's not in volume. That's in frequency. Um, I would say, talk to your vendors first, be the first people to that, uh, conversation. Don't be, don't wait till you absolutely have to have it. Um, have that conversation in a nice controlled manner. And then I, uh, I, I call it plan in miniature. So I, I told you just quickly about that. We went with BHAG, then we went to a three-year and broke it down to a one-year and a quarter. That whole system we will keep doing. But now through this crisis time, we've, I, I kind of look at that completely different and that my, you know, my quarter is now a month. My month is now a week. And a week is now a day. And it's almost like we have to get down into these little tiny plans. And things are changing so rapidly that uh, the further I get out from that, I let them be a little less clear because they're, it just things are changing so rapidly. And, um, but it, it does, it, you definitely have to keep planning, keep planning, keep planning. And if you do that, you'll be in good shape or be in the best opportunity to take advantage of whatever lies in front of us. Yeah, that's a really solid advice. So we appreciate that. So, uh, you know, just on a personal note, I have to I have to thank Andrew for his time. So you, I think you've all heard throughout this podcast that uh, he's been spending a lot of time obviously focused on his business. Uh, well, he's taking a good portion of time and, and, and really playing a solid role in leading what we do as a national association. And so I have to thank him uh, an enormous amount for his leadership in this crisis, not only for, for his own team, but for all of us in this industry and what he's done for the national association. So thank you very much for that, Andrew. Really appreciate it. Well, you're very welcome, Britt. And uh, just to, to play with that, we, we, there are a lot of people that, that are uh, 
members don't see in the background working here at NALP. And we have a tremendous staff under your leadership that have been working double time to, and they take every member's business very seriously. And uh, we need to thank all of them for their hard work and dedication and stepping out of their normal roles to, uh, to make sure our members are taken care of. So thank you to you all as well. Well, we, we appreciate that. And, uh, and I think the biggest thing you can hear from NALP as we continue to move forward in this crisis is uh, what we do in landscaping, lawn care, tree care, et cetera, is essential. And uh, we'll fight for that every day. So this has uh, been an installment of the Big Green Podcast. Again, brought to you by the National Association of Landscape Professionals. And again, a big thank you to my guest today, Andrew Zeeler of Zeeler Lawn and Tree Care. Thank you again, Andrew. You're welcome. Have a great day, everyone.